When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Uh, with me usually is Alex Chester, but he's out doing some... I, I don't know what Chester's doing. He's probably... Shopping, running up like a three hundred fifty dollar grocery grocery bill, or taking care of his four sons. Probably, you know, maybe rewatching the White Lotus. I'm not sure, but <laughs> but uh, so it's it's a it's a solo episode as far as the hosts are concerned. Um, I'm trying to think the last time I did one of these without Chester. I think last year we divided and conquered, and we each did like five of our own. But we have. Uh, I'm not gonna. This is not gonna be a full solo episode. There's not gonna be a monologue for 32 minutes on the Denver Broncos. We have a guest we're very excited to have. Awesome. Uh, we were we were set up through um, friend of the podcast, Chappelle, who a lot of the listeners know. And he, said, he said, you have to have this guy on for the Denver Broncos. And I said, absolutely. Threw away our old Broncos guests, whoever they were. Said, no, nope, this year we're going to have on Chappelle's friends. So um, that's what we're going to do. So for the first time, Deontay Ups, welcome to 32 Fans. Man, Keith, I appreciate you having me on, man. I listened to a few of you guys' episodes, and I was laughing from minute one to minute 32. So uh, I'm excited to be on, man, to talk about those Denver Broncos. All right, and so you're, um, before we get into maybe your history with the Broncos for a few minutes, since we like to do that when it's a guest first time sure. on the show. Um, so you have a Broncos podcast. You have a Broncos blog. I do not actually. I have a, a podcast with a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. We he's a Cowboys fan. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm in Texas, so that's kind of weird. So our our podcast is just talking about sports topics in general, and then we also mix in like a little bit of uh, nerdy news, as we call it. So we talk about like MCU stuff, uh, DC stuff, movies, and video games and stuff. So it's it's a mix of sports and nerdy stuff together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but well, uh, yeah, and it's. Cool. It's called oh, the sorry. duo. No, yeah. it's right. It's called the duo sports and stuff podcast. So exactly yeah. like you said. Yes, sir. Just like that. And the, the duo name came from our high school days. We uh, I've known my co-host Dane since like the third grade. And so when we got to high school, we both played high school football. We were both receivers, both pretty decent receivers on the team. And mm. for some reason they just the nickname of ours was the duo. So everybody would call us the duo. So it kind of stuck throughout high school. And it's like, man, when we started it, why not that be our name? So that's what we rolled it. You know, Deontay, there, I, I was just, there aren't a, really any receiver duos with a good nickname in the league right now. Yeah, right. That's a good, I haven't thought about that. 
I think there used to be, you know, when when I was, I'm probably older than you, but they're, you know, the Houston Oilers. I'm trying to think what their they, more the offense had a nickname, right? Like the the run and shoot and the run right. and gun and and Atlanta in the early '90s. And you had the greatest on turf with the Rams. Yeah, but I but it was that was more of a general offensive nickname than like here right. are two great receivers. Like you know, Bruce and Holt didn't have a nickname. Um, I, Harper and Irvin didn't have a nickname. Kind of, we maybe we have to submit that. Could that be our goal for this year? Yeah. You and I and the listeners, like maybe we'll get who, which team? Do I, and I, no offense, it will not be, it will not be um, the Denver Broncos. I don't think. I mean, it could be. I guess. Man, it could be I, the Broncos. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. They they frustrated me a little bit last year, but uh, but I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the Ravens. I was doing some Ravens research. Won't be the Ravens. What yeah. team do you think? The Tennessee, maybe Julio and AJ Brown. Could that be? That might be the closest as far as you no know, top receivers in the league, like that you can list. Maybe AJ Brown in that list of top ten, because obviously Julio is up there. Um, maybe, maybe the Browns. Maybe not. Jarvis Landry is he? He did a, his fair share without uh, Odell last year. I'm um, trying to think of any other legit duos. A lot of a lot of the receiving core is young, like this. Uh, well, it, w- it could have been uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, but he's on the way out the door. Yeah, that's, that's tough to kind of think about. Like, if I'm not looking at all the rosters off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm. We are we are on the lookout for a duo though this season because I think it's time to bring them back. And the, there have been more running backs, du- running back duos, right? Like Ron Dane and Tiki were Thunder and Lightning, all right? Then you had uh, uh, Ronnie Brown and then Cardell Cadillac with the Dolphins back in the day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and you wouldn't even think that running backs would necessarily be a duo because a lot of times it's just one, mm-hmm. you know, receive. All right, fine. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be the Jets, my Jets. Maybe it'll be Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. We'll get a good fun nickname for them, yeah. but probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, all right. So uh, how did you become a Broncos fan? You live you live in Texas. Right. You, you went to school in Texas. Right. How are you a Broncos fan? Man, so I I, I kind of dragged this story out to my, my early days of growing up in Texas. Most of the time, you're a Cowboy fan because of the, where you live and or where you are in Texas and who around you are Cowboys fans. So that was kind of what happened to me. My dad was a Cowboy fan, so growing up, I rooted for the Cowboys. Had the Deion Sanders jersey, the uh, alternate blue one with the stars on the side. And my dad used to work um, like contracted overseas for a few months. So there was this particular month or a few months where he left during football season. He had to go work overseas. And as a kid, I'm thinking, man, I only like the Cowboys because my dad likes the Cowboys. And so my dad is not here. So I want to pick another team like his just think of weird stuff like that. And so I honestly picked the Denver Broncos because I look I like the colors, the blue and orange. And this was Literally back in 97. So I'm, I am I was born in 91, but I started watching football at a very young age. So so that's a pretty good time to, you know, to jump in and not be a bandwagon fan, I guess. It was a perfect time. So it's that first Super Bowl win with John Elway. Then he he finished his career next year with the with the second one back to back. And we knocked off the Falcons. So after that, man, I was like, all right. I got my team. We, we won two Super Bowls. I'm stuck. I'm not moving. And so I've been a Denver Bronco fan ever since, man. So it's interesting, of course, being a, a 
a Denver fan in Texas, surrounded by Cowboys and Texans fans, but I make it work. I make it happen. Have you ever been to a Broncos game in Denver? Yes, man. So two years ago, my wife, now wife, uh, then she was still my girlfriend. She surprised me with uh, Broncos tickets for Christmas. It was like a Christmas Day gift, but it was like right around the time. I can't remember the year, but it was the last year of Alex Smith in Kansas City. So it was uh, the last game. I want to say it was was that 2018? I think it's is it 2017? If he is if he's still starting at the end of the year, I think it's 2017, right? right? So what had happened? They had already clinched their spot. Denver's the bottom of the division, like usual, and uh, it's Patrick Mahomes' first start. <laughs> oh, is Patty Holmes' first start? All right, because Smith plays 15 games that year, and Mahomes plays the last game. Played the last game, and so that was my first Bronco experience. And we actually played them down to the wire. I think they kicked the field goal at the end to win it. Um, but last year I went to, or excuse me, not last, last year was a COVID year. But that's but, a, by the way, that's like historic. You got to see yeah. Patrick Mahomes' first game. A little I don't want to, <laughs> you know, how he went on to have, you know, been a crazy career so far for him uh, to the detriment of us Broncos fans. But um, that was very fun, very cold. I remember it being like, maybe 20 degrees tops during that game but it was it was amazing i think uh i backdoored it the next year um a friend of mine that lives in denver he's a chicago bears fan so the bears played the broncos there and the broncos lost that one too by a field goal at the end so it's been a bad luck when i see them in denver um and then i actually watched them a thanksgiving year i want to say it was 2005 in dallas um, my dad is a Cowboys fan, so he had to. He actually won some tickets on the radio here in Texas for that game, and so I got to see the Cowboys or the Broncos in person for the very first time back in 2005. So that was pretty cool. And, the, and they're coming back to Texas this year to play the Cowboys, so I'll get to see them again this season. I, I can respect being a fan of a team where there's no, you know, no real connection because I'm a Spurs fan, San Antonio oh. Spurs, and I've never been to San Antonio in my life. Wow. Yeah. Well, gotta come also, down. <laughs> yeah. Also uh, jumped on that bandwagon early in the in the early 90s. So, right. you know, when David Robinson was a rookie. So not really a front runner, but, uh, you know, I didn't get any rings from the Mets or the Jets. So they anything came from uh, from the Spurs run. Um, I, I so I want I, I wanted to uh, start with the quarterback here because yeah. we were ranking. We we're talking about ranking QBs for a future episode that has not uh, aired yet. And basically, my question is, as a Broncos fan, is there a team in the league? And, and if so, what, who are they? And you don't have to you know, know all 32, um, the whole room off the top of your head. But so it might be just like Locke and Bridgewater as a duo. Mm -hmm. Is there a team that you trade QB situations with? I get do I get to pick every. Well, I'm saying like it. Well, you're not, you know, you, I mean, how about, uh, if, I mean, uh, let me rephrase the question. Sorry. Is there, a, is there a team you wouldn't trade? Cause obviously, yes, you trade for Patrick Mahomes. Is there right. a team that you'd say, you know what? We have a better QB situation than they do with Locke and Teddy B. Oh, oh my goodness. Would, would you rather have Locke and Teddy B or, <laughs> or Sam Darnold in Carolina? Oh, I'd rather have Locke and Teddy B. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, Locke, um, the Jets played the Broncos last. Actually, that wasn't Locke. That was Brett Rippon that game, yeah, right? I, I, yeah. He, uh, I, 
Slunger didn't want it for us that game. He did. Oh, wow, he what did. He did. <laughs> yeah, that was the Jets' offense best game of the year, sadly. Um, but <laughs> the, I think that earned Rippin another another year with us just winning that game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, Rippin. Yeah, that was uh, they would they score thirty seven Denver. I think that would that was our best offensive game. I yeah, I think Rippin will look back. You know, that'll be the game he tells his uh, grandkids about. But is there another team? So I think Carolina's fair. I I think that's a mess. Houston's a, Houston's a tough topic because who knows what you know? It, like, is Deshaun going to play a snap? Would you rather have Locke and Teddy B or Jameis and Taysom Hill? Oh, see, I like I, I'm I'm kind of I like Jameis Winston. I don't know what it is about him. He's been a little weird in the media these days, but uh, I think he's learned a lot under Drew Brees, and I think he'll actually surprise some people this year. I don't know if he'll lead the Saints to the playoff to the playoffs, but I think he'll play better under uh, Sean Payton if, and I don't know how long he's going to play this game with Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill is not, I don't think he's a quarterback, Uh, but I think he'll surprise some teams this year, but would I take him over Drew? I I might take him over Drew. Like here's the thing with Drew and why I'm always like, this is make or break, obviously, obviously with him this year. And especially if he doesn't win this quarterback battle, which I think he will. But he he's he's inconsistent. He needs to learn to be consistent. And then on the other end, when he is consistent. Be confident with it, like he knows that he can sling the rock, but just be smart with the football is all I'm saying. Like, I understand you're trying to make plays for your team, but at the same time, just settle in. And I think. I mean, for for him, as a fan sitting back, and I, I wonder if how many Broncos fans listen, but it's like one of those things like where he just as soon as you're like, all right, I'm done with it, I'm done with it. He'll make a few plays. Like if you if we were to record this podcast before the first preseason game, I would have been more negative. And now that I've seen him go out there and play decent for the amount of time he was in, it's like, man, you keep sucking me back in right when I'm done with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about Locke, Locke was sort of, he was pretty good in, in limited action in 2019. Right. right. I, and he seemed as similar to Donald, who we just talked about, like seemed to sort of regress in his second year through a lot of interceptions yeah. was like, I think the least accurate quarterback in the league, basically, right. Only completed 57%, which was great 10 years ago, but now, you know, everybody's in, you know, the bad quarterbacks are in the sixties. So I don't, I, I like it. Is there, is there any reason to think like the year three will be like, all right, he'll, he'll have it figured out or, you know, or do you think what we saw last year is mostly what we're going to get with, with Locke? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the latter and, I want to think that he'll look up and see in the division where Patrick Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl and he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You look to Los Angeles where you see Herbert come in his first year and just freaking dominate. And then you see uh, Carr down there in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, Carr, is, he's shown some more flashes than what Locke has shown thus far in his career. And it's like, it's like make or miss or like, it's make or break year for him this year. And so I would not be surprised if this is his last season in Denver. I, I mean, as a fan, you want to hope for the best, but I, like at this point I'm expecting the worst. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Teddy Bridgewater kind of step in at some point in the season, because I feel like with, with Vic Vangio and what he's set up on the team so far, I feel like this defense, if we stay healthy, it's, 
it's enough to, you know, put up a fight, you know, at least win and try to fight for a seven seed. And so staying healthy, like you only need like a quarterback that can manage the game. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater does. He doesn't, you know, throw deep passes and flash you with all the flashiness, but he can take care of the football. And that's the exact opposite of what we've seen so far with Drew Luck. So, or Drew Luck. And so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we seen Teddy before it's all said and done. By the way, I did not know Drew Locke's first name was Paul and his middle name is Andrew until right now. I did not know that either. Paul Locke. Should he change his name to try and maybe, uh, you know, improve his luck? No pun intended. I guess pun intended. But we ranked the coaches uh, from one to 32 on a reason. Actually, on the, the Steelers podcast recently, we had nothing really to say about the Steelers. So we're like, all right, we're just going to rank the coaches. And there's seven new coaches in the league who have never coached a game before in the NFL, so it's silly to rank them. But of the 25 uh, coaches returning from last year, we had Fangio last. Ooh. So tell me if if we're we're off, you know, if that's like, oh, that hurts, but it's true. Are we way off base? What do you think about, about Fangio? I think, man, there were times this year, and I feel like every fan goes, goes through this with their coach, is like some decision-making that, you know, you learn in your first few years of coaching, like I shouldn't have punted here. Maybe I should have gone for it here. And I felt like a lot of times, like we were bottom of the division last year, obviously. And I think there was times last year where he should have took chances, especially, you know, having like lock missed, lock missed a few games last year, but I know a couple of times where we should have gone for it in situations on the opponent's side of the field. And I'm like sitting there thinking like, man, what do you have to lose at this point? This is like a, you know, this, this year, I mean, this year doesn't count, but you know what I'm saying? Like take chances. And like for him, I think he'll be better this year. I, I, I don't know if he's the worst coach out of 25 though, man. I try to think of coaches that I would rank him. No, I, that was pretty harsh. I mean, Zach Taylor on the Bengals hasn't really won anything right in his two years. Joe judge are people excited about Joe judge with the giants. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I'm sure some of the new coaches will be terrible. I don't know about Nick Sirianni or yeah, urban and- Meyer. I wasn't very hot on Vangio as as the head coach. I mean, mm-hmm. defensively, of course, I was, but I would have been more excited like hiring an offensive minded coach, yeah. having you know Drew under center, and hopefully being a quarterback whisperer, mentor to him, and um, Pat Shermer. I hopefully can kind of get it done. Um, but, but with Vic, I feel like he's got the defense set. Like, I mean, like I said, if we stay healthy on that side of the ball, it's just a matter of taking care of the ball on the offensive side, because if you can, you know, limit the time that the defense is on the field when they're actually on the field, they can, you know, cause havoc. And I think we'll actually have one of the top defenses, um, probably like that Super Bowl defense we had a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fangio is turning 63 this weekend. He's a defensive yeah. guy. He's never been a head coach at any level before, right. he, but he's been a defense. He's, you know, overqualified. Sometimes we have these guys who are like, they're, I don't want to say overqualified, but they're like, they could be a court. You know, he was a coordinator for the Panthers, Colts, Texans, Niners, Bears, and Stanford. Right. So he's been, you know, he clearly, and, and all of them for more than one year. Right. Except for Stanford. Like he, sometimes there are people that are just like great coordinators, but maybe they're overpromoted one. I mean, I guess you know, you see that, I guess, in all walks of life, like exactly. one job too high. But I, yeah. and I don't know that's Fangio. I, again, you know, if I was Fangio's agent, I'd be saying like, 
who have his quarterbacks been? Like they're they're not an embarrassment. They haven't been one of the worst teams in the league necessarily. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's won seven and seven and five games with with nobody basically a QB. You know, give him Matthew Stafford, and maybe they're nine and seven every year, ten and six, right? I don't know. And I think for for me as a Broncos fan, it's like the hire his hiring was like, man, another defensive coordinator, especially coming off of what we had with Vance Joseph in those years. And I know like for for me, it would have been nice to see the offensive side and maybe hire a coordinator, up and coming defensive coordinator to fill that role instead of making Vangio the head coach. But I mean, like you said, I agree. I mean, it's I'm I was definitely one of those um, fans on the the Twitter webs waiting for Schefter to tweet, you know, Aaron Rodgers was on his way to Denver. So, um, man, it's, it's really make or break for Locke this year, man. Mm-hmm. I just hope go through. I think both of them, right? Probably both Locke and Fangio. It could right. be a make or break here. Uh, is Elway still calling the shots? I hope not. I mean, didn't he like, promote himself up and, like, is technically – He's not, I mean, he's not the GM anymore, right? He's not, he's not officially the GM. He's not the GM. Is he the GM's him. boss? Like, how do you know how that works? Or they haven't really said yet. Uh, I'm not sure. They hired a uh, Patton from the Vikings. Yes. Uh, one of the, I think he was like a personnel guy. Yeah. yeah. George Patton. George Patton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've been impressed with the moves he's made, but like, yeah, as far as LA, man, I mean, he did. He did great with the signing. Probably one of the best signings Denver had when when uh, signing Peyton. Um, but a great thing to think about, or to really be great in my mind, is know when to kind of defer and be like, okay, I've done what I can at this point. And I think the hiring of Patton is kind of a signal to that. So hopefully he has kind of been. I mean, of course you you can dabble into some things, but hire the guy for what you hired him for. Let him do his due diligence as GM and kind of bring you back to those days that we enjoyed not so long ago. So um, he's made some great moves uh, in the off season so far. And so hopefully he could bring together and kind of have this team fighting for a playoff spot. Mm. Are there any rookies you're excited about in particular? Man, there is uh Javante Williams out of North Carolina, man, um, running back. Mm-hmm. And so I watched him a first couple of series in the preseason game and he has that burst and he's a big, nice body. And I've never been a fan of Melvin Gordon days with the chargers. And he has a lot of injury issues and ball carrying issues. And right now he's number one on the depth chart, but I think before it's all said and done, Javante Williams be like a franchise running back. He has the potential. I won't, I won't go that far. He has the potential to be a franchise running back for for the Broncos. Um, I mean, I've seen him in. I mean, from the. I mean, you can only get so much from Twitter and the Twitter clips and the reporters that report on the Broncos and stuff like that. But it's been all good things, and um, it was exciting to get to, get to watch a couple of guys and watch him um, perform perform at a high level. Yeah, uh, Williams had like cartoon numbers, like video game numbers in yeah. college. Although him and Michael Carter was on the Jets. They both put up like somewhat similar numbers, like what's in the water, in North Carolina, where they're just like blocking, you know, uh, like right. pickup truck size holes for them. But yeah, people were very excited about him in the draft. It's weird because you guys have put so much uh, so many resources into like the running back position. You talked about Melvin Gordon. Royce Freeman was a pretty early pick, if I'm not mistaken, second or third round. Yeah, right. And like the fourth, fourth back. I don't even know. He'll yeah. make it, man, but. Yeah, I, if I was Royce Freeman, I saw how much how much playing time I got in the first preseason game. I would uh, 
I'd have my agent start calling around because I don't think he's going to make the team probably. Yeah, I don't. And I liked him too, man. Like he's one of those, those running backs. I mean, aside, we, I definitely miss Philip Lindsay um, and what he brought to the squad. He's a great story for Colorado and Denver. Um, but before that, when during the Mike Shanahan days, you know, we used to have those a thousand yards, thousand yard backs every year. Like Mike Shanahan would just find these guys, these up and coming guys. We had like Alanis Gary, of course, of course, Clinton Portis, Mike Anderson, Mike and Anderson. He, that's a good throwback. He reminds me of Mike Anderson, that size and, um, that downhill kind of running back. And so, I mean, I really enjoyed having him on the squad cause he reminds me of those guys, but yeah. Coming in at uh, the fourth running back in is not a good sign. No. Uh, so you, the truth is the receiver group is actually pretty good. Cortland Sutton, I think people didn't realize how good he was, but now they will. I don't know where he's going, fantasy or things like that, but I do think, um, I, first of all, do you consider Sutton the like the wide receiver one or Judy is part of my question. And then also, like we talked about Jerry Judy when we were talking about the last year's receiver draft recently. Yeah. Judy had a zillion drops last year, yeah. but he also yeah. had flashes. Are you... Are you um, nervous about Judy? Are you excited? And and also, you know, the, the wide receiver room in general, KJ Hamler also had some flashes last year. So what do you think about the receivers? Man, uh, to go to Sutton, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him, but I'm also cautious. He's coming back from a, a knee injury from last year. And so I think he'll come along maybe more towards the middle to end of the season. I don't expect him to come out and just – blaze like he did before the injury just because those knee injuries are tricky but um judy man he has to get those drops together and i'll just say it's the rookie little weird thing where you're just trying to get used to the game but i mean if it hits you in your hands you got to catch it that's what i always say about the receivers but i'm excited to see him um flash in year two already seen a couple flashes so far in camp and in preseason um, especially, man, out of all the receivers, I'm probably most excited about KJ Handler only because last year we didn't get to see him a lot. He was injured and he's just a blur him and Judy, of course, but he is just a blur on the field. Like put him in the slot and, you know, make him work one move and go like we've seen in the Vikings game. So um, all those guys like. It's a quarterback's dream what we have <laughs> on the outside. And then also with Fant and uh, Albert O at tight end, it's like weapons everywhere on the field. So once again, it's going to come down to the guy throwing on the ball. Like, can he get the ball there, be consistent with it and, you know, make good decisions? Yeah. I mean, the receiving room, is, the receiver room is pretty impressive. You know, Sutton, I don't know his health status. You probably know, you know, more than me, but what did he, uh, he caught three passes last year in that one game, but he had a monster 2019. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a you know one of the you know I mean I get we don't have to go back too far to have the the Broncos with a solid you know group right. of guys. But I don't know maybe maybe Sutton and Judy do get the nickname if if Sutton's healthy. Judy doesn't drop as many passes. Maybe I think they, I they, they have one. No, what am I thinking? I'm thinking about a random. I, mean, I thought I'm for some reason motion motion blur blue blur. Man, mm-hmm. somebody says something on Twitter, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. If, mm-hmm. if anybody's listening, know what I'm talking about. They can right. look up. <laughs> but also, you could watch the you know the Bronco games with one eye this year on on giving them a good nickname. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving to the defense for a second. So, honestly, like what the the uh, you know the more more and more we see every year, it's like the ma- the most important question you ask, and even is like, do you have one guy who can consistently get to the quarterback? 
And you're one of the few teams that has two guys like that in Miller and Chubb. Yeah. So I it, like ultimately, even though like the Broncos right now going to the season are not considered one of the better teams, they have pretty long odds mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl, make the playoffs. They're still like a nightmare to play. Like you're still like, oh, shoot, we have the Broncos this week. That sucks. Like we actually have to, you know, game plan much differently than we would against, you know, 20 of the other teams in the league. They still it still sucks to play against the Broncos defense. So besides those two guys, who else are you excited about on the front seven? Uh, of course, we uh, we re-signed Shelby Harris. That's one of those guys, like, he'll make a play when we most need it. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be like a third and long and the quarterback's trying to find a receiver and he'll just bat the ball down at the line of scrimmage. Like, he's that kind of player. He'll come up with a fumble recovery or interception off a tip pass. Like, he's like one of the most clutch players we had. So to re-sign him in the offseason was pretty big. So I, in that front seven, I'm definitely going with Shelby Harris. Um, seems like also like a leader on the squad as far as motivating other guys on the defense to, you know, get together, especially when um, we lost Chubb and Vaughn last year. So I, I, would, I would rock with Shelby on the, on the front seven. Um, I was looking at the, the cornerback groups for uh, uh, recently. And the truth is Fuller and Darby are, are one of the, you know, top five or six at, at, you know, at worst corner pairs in the league. And then you draft. Yep. And I mean, your team doesn't have like a million holes for a team that went five and 11. There was one glaring one that they chose not to upgrade on, at least in the draft, which was QB. But certain that was not necessarily um, a huge hole that needed to fix. But I guess certain like they just thought he's a superstar. Right. Is, is, is that is that what happened? I think I think you just went to like best defensive player maybe mm-hmm. even better player available at that point and um i have a lot of cowboys friends and they were very upset with the pick because they you know they were rumored to take him right after us they were the pick after and they settled for had to settle for michael parsons but man i i i like the pick and then obviously even more seeing him play in the preseason game with the pick six but i have i've been very very confident about this defense and I have been thrown out there on the Twitter webs that this could be the return of the no fly zone from when um, we had Chris Harris, uh, Keith Tlaib, Darian Stewart, and those guys uh, wrecking havoc in the secondary. I think this group that we have with Justin Simmons over the top and, like you mentioned, Darby, hopefully Bryce Callahan from the Bears can stay healthy. And, you know, we got the the mastermind Vangio back there. So I, I think, man, I'm, I really think in a division where of course you have Mahomes and what he has and then emergence of Herbert over there in Los Angeles, like it was might it might've been a necessity pick, like having a number of guys that That's can be on the field and mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. And cover those, those weapons and the other teams in the division. So I think it was more about, seeing what we were going to be up against against the other squads. Yeah, that's true. I guess you guys have a unique set of circumstances, which is you have off the top four games against Super League quarterbacks. It's going to be rough to be in their division for however many years. And Carr is blind, but also like that team is going to be able to move the balls. So, yeah, there aren't a lot of uh, eyes to know. be able to cover, <laughs> at yeah. least you know, have the skills to stay close to those guys. Yeah. Um. And, you know, uh, and all, I mean, the secondary in general, it could be the best in the league, right? Simmons is an elite safety. Right. Kareem uh, Jackson. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's there's no one who's not yeah. above average. Of, you know, I mean, certain I assume will be good. His dad was good. But of the four starters, 
those guys are all really solid. This is a really good defense. Yeah, you I've been talked just by doing some research and then talking to you, Deontay, mm-hmm. talking myself into the Broncos a little bit. Now there are downsides. They're in the same division with the Chiefs, and and I don't think the Chargers are great outside Herbert, but like that's still a nightmare division. It's almost impossible to win it, probably, because you know, mm-hmm. Mahomes stays healthy. I don't know how anybody wins more games than them. There's not a lot of glaring holes besides quarterback, which is a crazy thing to say. Like that is a very important position, but there are some weapons for you know, you know, he, there are people for him to get the ball too. The right. offensive line isn't great, but is it fair to say it's average, like about league average, slightly below average? I definitely say that better than it was three years ago. I mean, and if you have any Broncos fans that listen, they will know how upset and tired we were of Garrett Bowles at left tackle. It got so bad. Like I, when I went to that, when I went to that second Bronco game uh, when we played the Bears. And every time he got a holding call, like everybody's yelling at Bowles, like booing it. Like you already know when they say holding, it's going to be number 72, but he's definitely been an improvement. He was like the bright spot last season, you know, in a season that we won five games, he really, you know, proved himself. And I think like the league kind of saw that, especially with the, uh, he. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.